Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. There are plenty of people who like you just as you are. You should remember that when you start feeling like you're being erased. Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan, The Royal We. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I've got a special guest joining me to tackle an important listener question. What should the royals be reading? My friend Courtney Kinsey is a fellow Royals enthusiast, an avid reader and book club member, and a podcaster in her own right, co-hosting the show I Do Declare with her sister Betsy. Courtney, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited too because I feel like you are well-versed in royal culture. Um <laughs> Even before we met in real life, I felt like I followed your Instagram stories and you frequently posted about the Royals, so I knew I had a kindred spirit. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) So I want to talk about when you became, kind of why you have an obsession with the Royals. Where has that come from? I think it comes from, actually, before I became obsessed with the Royals, I really was just obsessed with all things England. From the time I was a kid, I was obsessed with London. I wanted to go there as soon as I saw the Mary-Kate and Ashley movie, Winning London. The best one, in my opinion. (laughs) The best one. So I've always been obsessed with British people and British culture. And honestly, I can remember being on my parents' couch when the news broke about Princess Diana's death. And I think after that point, I became aware of like this other layer of British culture and kind of how obsessed I became from that point on through Harry and Meghan, William and Kate, just kind of the whole drama, the tradition, the glamour of it all. I mean, it's just something that I can't get enough of, really. Did your mom have a Royals obsession? I really don't think so. I mean, I can't really think of a time when we've talked about like my mom's view of the royals like you know in the 70s or 80s like major events that came up in their time growing up like the way that we talk about royal weddings of William and Kate and Harry and Meghan and all that kind of stuff I can't really think of anything I mean I think now she's a fan but I don't believe that that was a big part of like her growing up the way that we've kind of embraced them us millennials I guess Yeah, I think mine very much comes from my mom. Because like you, I remember sitting – I have a vivid memory of like sitting on my couch and watching the news coverage of Princess Diana's death. And my mom was really weepy about it. And I know that my mom like had a book about Charles and Diana's wedding. And she stayed up late watching Charles and Diana's wedding, much like I stayed up or got up really early, I guess, (laughs) to to watch William and Kate – And then Harry and Meghan. So I think for me, it's kind of a multi-generational obsession. Yeah. I feel like I wish I had your history background because you are also obsessed with the royal history. And I feel like mine is more a pop culture affinity for them. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, during William and Kate's wedding, I actually, 
I got up early, like you said, to watch the wedding coverage. I watched, I got, I think I got up at 3 a.m. probably to watch all of like the arrivals and all the commentary that was on like E! News and NBC and all of that. And I actually had a final exam the morning of the wedding. And it was in a class that I hated. Like I struggled all semester. I knew I was going to end up with a B maybe a C. And so I watched the wedding. I had an 830 exam and that was right about the time that they were going to come out and do the balcony kiss. And I was just like, oh, I cannot miss this. So I rushed off to campus. I took my exam. I literally Christmas treat it. And (laughs) I rushed. I finished that test in probably 15 minutes. I rushed home. I had the radio on the whole time. I was like, I am not missing this. (laughs) And so I ended up getting a C on the exam. (laughs) I know what's more important in life. It's not this public policy class. It is witnessing history. And I rushed back home and I made it in time. And that was that's like one of the most vivid memories of that day for me is like I watched all the before stuff, but like I made it back for the kiss and I was so (laughs) excited. My roommates thought I was insane, but it was definitely worth it. And you've been to London, right? You have been been to Buckingham Palace, like have you been have you taken tours there like what was that trip like yeah um back in 2017 i went to london and i stayed with some family friends but i went by myself like i went day to day like all my little trips around the city um i did alone and so i did go to buckingham palace i didn't do like the tour because i think at that time they weren't offering tours inside or something was going Mm -hmm. on. But I did tour Windsor Castle. I did that for like a day trip kind of thing. Yeah. And that was really cool. And just like, especially with Harry and Meghan and their wedding there, like that was really cool to see all of that kind of behind the scenes stuff. And then when I saw it on TV, I was like, oh my gosh, I've been there. Like, that's so interesting. And then trying to think what other like royal hotspots I went to. I did Windsor on my trip to London too. And it was a highlight for me. Like it's awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful. And my we went after Harry and Meghan. So I kind of had the reverse experience of you. Like Mm -hmm. I went and then, you know, kind of wanted to get my picture taken by the steps where they came down, like to their car. And it was just so neat to get to see it. I never in a million years dreamed I'd get to see something like that. And I Yeah. I, I just have such exquisite memories of like being there. And I thought St. George's Chapel was so beautiful. And Windsor was my favorite. I think one of my favorite things I wound up doing while I was over there. I totally agree. It was just a really cool experience. So speaking of Harry and Meghan, <laughs> they've, had some, they've had some challenges over the past yeah. six months. Uh, so I wanted to dive into, I think you and I both religiously follow Elizabeth Holmes, who is a former... I think Washington Post reporter, and she covers the Royals. Um, she's about to have a book published later this year, but she is notoriously famous for kind of doing these great, what does she call them? So many thoughts, Instagram stories about Royal fashion. And she is famously team both, meaning she is a champion of both Kate and Megan. Whereas in sometimes Royal reporting, we see those women kind of pitted against each other. And even the brothers may be pitted against each other. And so Elizabeth Holmes is team both. And she frequently praises and criticizes in equal measure Kate and Meghan or William and Harry. And so I'm curious, are you actually team both? Or do you fall into one of these camps? 
gosh, this is something I really struggle with (laughs) because (laughs) if you had asked me six months ago, I probably would have said I'm team William and Kate just because Mm -hmm. I really respect the way that they have, you know, taken on all these responsibilities and they've kind of accepted their fate in this family and kind of towed the line. And that's how I am as a person. Like I am a rule follower. I like to stay in the confines of like what is to be expected and what's like the right thing to do. And so when all of this kind of happened with Harry and Meghan taking a different path, I my like first initial reaction was, oh my gosh, like I can't believe they're doing this to their family. But I have kind of come around. I don't know if I'm firmly team both. I I still may skew a little bit more towards William and Kate, but I do I do now have a better appreciation for like the struggles that they've gone through and why they made these difficult decisions for themselves. And I don't think that they should necessarily be pitted against one another. I just think that like family members, you're going to have your favorite, like you're going to have your favorite cousin or your favorite child. And so I think we all have a favorite royal couple, but I don't want anything like negative to happen to them. You know, I want them to be happy and like, I want things to work out for them. So it's not so much a matter of like one versus the other. It's just, you know, as a lover of the royal family in general, I want them all to succeed and I want them all to kind of find their niche, so to speak. So I almost have the reverse. So I, when I very first, like six months ago, if you had asked if I was team both, I would have said yes. Like Mm -hmm. loved Harry and Meghan's wedding. I thought Meghan really handled herself with grace and like really brought in kind of new atmosphere and new vibe to the royal family that I really appreciated. I thought she was a good match for Harry. I still think those things. Mm-hmm. But now that we're in March, April, whatever month this is, whatever <laughs> day it is. But now that we and it feels like so many so many bigger things are happening in the world, I find myself and maybe it's like the eldest sibling type A in me, but I'm a little bit like I like Will and Kate because they just keep doing their thing quietly. Yeah. And like, I think you use the phrase toe the line. Like they just kind of mm-hmm. do what they know is expected of them and what is required of them at this point. Right. And Harry and Megan, I feel a little bit like, okay, guys, like, like I was firmly <laughs> team both. And now I'm a little bit, I think I'm just kind of tired of the drama. Mm-hmm. And above all else, I want nothing but the best for Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> so. And so I just feel like it is important and I feel like she's been put under a lot of stress with these young people like finding their own way. And as much as I respect Harry and Meghan, I, because I love anybody who tries to do the right thing for themselves and for their family, just the fallout, it feels like, gosh, like now that we're, now that it's April and, you know, I think now Megan's like Disney Plus documentary has dropped and I think they've moved from Canada and to LA and I think I'm a little bit just um weary. It's not so much that I'm not on their team anymore. It's just that I'm a little bit like okay guys, <laughs> let's move on now. Yeah, it's become kind of a tough hang. Like yes. I think I think as Americans we find them to be very I don't know if everyone would consider them aspirational, but like I view them as an escape. Like, I like to think about, oh, well, like, what's going on over there? And, like, how are they handling things? And, like, it's just so interesting because it's not something that we've experienced growing up. So I think of it as an escape. And I don't want to see 
like if I want drama, I'll watch something dramatic. I don't want these people that I've come to really like enjoy and like care about to have all of this drama. Like I'd rather it just go away. And I agree the Disney plus thing, the living in Malibu thing, it is a tough hang. Like it's not, it is not what anyone saw coming. So yeah, it's definitely kind of taken a weird turn. So this is where we actually did have a From the Front Porch listener, because obviously this is not a Royals podcast, like this is a book podcast, but we did have, (laughs) back when I did an episode of Literary Therapy, so the bookshelf has a Harry and Meghan cutout, as we do. We've celebrated- Yeah. (laughs) All of Harry and Meghan's milestones at the bookshelf. We've celebrated their wedding uh, with a bridal shower, uh, totally normal and fine. We hosted or we kind of celebrated their baby. And now Harry and Meghan reside in my office upstairs at the bookshelf. And we were promoting literary therapy and we laid Harry and Meghan down on the bookshelf sofa um, as I kind of pretended to give advice to them, all in the name of promoting literary therapy until a From the Front Porch listener saw that picture and was like, no, but really, what books would you be recommending to Harry and Meghan during this tumultuous time. And so I thought it would be fun, first of all, to kind of talk through maybe our favorite royals or royal adjacent literature Mm -hmm. and then move into books we would recommend for members of the royal family because I'd like to think you and I are pretty close to team both. I think maybe we have Mm -hmm. our own William and Kate leanings, but we want the best for these families, for for these couples – they're navigating difficult roads. So what books could help make the road a little easier for them? So let's talk royal books. And I started the episode with a quote from the royal we, uh, which I think might be the most obvious Mm -hmm. royal and royal adjacent book. And I would love your thoughts on that book because I have – I have feelings that I feel like I shouldn't have. I feel like I should just – I just feel like I should adore that book. And I don't know why I had such difficulty with it. So talk to me. Did you read The Royal We? I did. I have read it twice. <laughs> okay. You've read it twice. So you like it. You love it. I love it. Yeah. I have um, – I've been a fan of Jessica and Heather for a while. I read their blog, follow them on Instagram. But even before Instagram, really, I read this book. And for me, it was like – all of the stuff I wanted from the Royals, like it was like juicy and like, again, kind of aspirational. Like it was just like a different side of life that yeah I hadn't experienced. And I just thought it was such an interesting take on like a sort of familiar story, but with a more dramatic twist. Drama that's low stakes, not like Harry Meghan drama, but just like reading a fun beachy read kind of stakes. Um, yeah. So I really loved it when it came out. I have read it again since then, and I'm really excited about The Air Affair, um, which yes. is going to be the sequel coming out this summer. So I'm really excited about that. But I enjoyed it. Like, I know that it's a little over the top, and obviously, like, they don't claim that it's, you know, exactly based on a true story, but you can tell which parts have been borrowed from the truth. Um, but I just, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good, like, summer, easy breezy read. Yeah. I think I've said this before on the podcast. I think my problem with it came from, I read it. This is why 
your re- the order in which you read things is so important. I had read Station Eleven right oh. before, <laughs> and like I remember, I finished. We were on the way to like the lake, and I was reading Station Eleven, finished it, and you know thought it was one of the best books I'd ever read. Uh-huh. Like thought it was profound. And yeah. then when we got to the lake, like switched gears and read The Royal We, but could not. <laughs> it's like my head couldn't leave the beautiful writing of Emily St. John Mandel. Not that what Heather and Jessica are doing. It, because I think there is a place for like fun, frothy literature. And yeah. I, but my, it's like my head couldn't get in it. And I really would like to reread The Royal We. Yeah. Um, Cause like Crazy Rich Asians is another book that like the first time I tried it, I couldn't really get into it. And oh, now I've read, and now I really like those books. And so I think I just need to try The Royal We. I did read it and finish it, but mm-hmm. I, was left wanting and now and maybe especially right now in times of in the time of quarantine I feel like maybe I should just pick up the royal we again because I think I might really enjoy it upon second reading okay what are some other royal adjacent books I've got some on my list but what else do you have on yours so my most recent other royal reads have been American Royals which I think you've talked about on the podcast before But that's like particularly interesting in this time because it's, if you aren't familiar, it's the kind of concept of if America had a monarchy instead of a presidency. So it takes a kind of spin on the traditional like American government and what it would look like if if they were ruled by a king instead of a president. And I really liked it. It's a YA vibe kind of book, but I enjoyed this one. But more so, and I know this isn't like, super traditionally royal, but even more than American Royals, I loved the book Bringing Down the Duke by Evie Dunmore. Did you read this? Okay, I didn't, but it's on my Uh, list because doesn't it take place in Oxford? Yes, it's so good. I think you'd really like it, especially if you need something fun right now. It is, it's obviously not about like the king and queen, but it has a little bit of, there's like some, obviously there's a duke involved and then it has some, something to do with like parliament and the inner workings of the British government and like women in particular trying to have their voices heard in a time when they really weren't allowed to participate in government. There's also kind of like a spy element to it. There's a love story. Like it is so enjoyable and it is a little bit more risque, I will say, than (laughs) the Royal We or American Royals, but it is like you just mentioned, very frothy, very like easy breezy to read. And it's going to be a series I read. Um, There's going to be like another book. I think it's called The League of Extraordinary Women or something like that. But it was really, really cute and I enjoyed it. So again, not like King Queen Royals, but Royal adjacent. Good enough for me. I loved it. Yeah. That one has been on my list because of the Oxford setting. And I am just, we finally finished, not finally, it took us like two weeks to finish all five seasons of Poldark. And, (laughs) and, but now I kind of find myself like I'm reading, we'll talk about it later, but like I'm reading a biography of George Washington. Like now I'm kind of in that zone. Yeah. And so I think it might be fun but my brain can only handle so much. So bringing down the Duke sounds like it would be like the best of all the worlds right now. It's so cute. Okay. And American Royals is on my list as well. I think I really like YA Lit to kind of break up um, other things I'm reading. Mm -hmm. And so American Royals has been on my radar. Did you read Red, White, and Royal Blue? I didn't. It's on my list of things I wanted to read this summer. I have like a an ever-growing TBR list for post-grad school reads. Um, (laughs) 
And I've heard it's good. Like I've heard like from most of the people that I follow on like bookstagram and all that kind of stuff. I feel like most people have enjoyed it more than not. So I wanted to give it a shot, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I haven't read it either, but um, Kimberly from our book club, she read it and loved it. We sold, it felt like a bajillion copies at the bookshelf because it was one of those kind of paperback originals, really fun summer reads. And if you're, if listeners aren't familiar, it is about, if I'm not mistaken, it is about the son of the American president falling in love with one of the princes. Mm -hmm. And so I think the, I think that concept is really clever because it feels like, gosh, what was that? There was this really great nineties movie. Like there were a lot of nineties movies actually about the president's children. And I feel like I saw them all (laughs) Um, because if I couldn't be president, I wanted to be the child of the president. And yeah. So I feel like this would scratch that itch, like where you could have like the romance and you could have the Royal family, but you also could have basically what feels sometimes uh, like the American version of that by by the president and who's in the White right. House. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that one is interesting to me. The other one that I wrote down was a blast from the past, but I've been enjoying this month reading, rereading some of my childhood favorites. And I loved the Princess Diaries books when I was oh, in middle school. Yes. Gosh, I loved those. They're so good. And I mean, the movie was excellent as well, obviously. Um, but I really did wind up live. I feel like that is a trilogy if not more but i feel confident i read three three princess diaries books and i loved them i had like the little mass market paperbacks i thought they were excellent kind of imagining like like you said they're not maybe about the actual royal family but imagining Mm -hmm. what a royal life might be like what was that netflix movie recently that what that it was about like the prince and she falls in love with the prince. Oh, all those remember. movies. Like, <laughs> the, yeah, I can't even think of the name. I can picture the girl, but it there was like too. a Christmas one and then one where they just like meet. There's one about having yes. a baby. Yes. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, if you, I did not, I think I watched the first one of those movies. I think the, like revisiting these books might be more enjoyable for me personally than those, than those movies. I very much get from Princess Diaries, like the pr- I really did like the movie back in the day, The Prince and Me. I think with Julia Stiles. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Oh yeah, yeah. of course I did. So I feel like Princess Diaries kind of fills all of that. And then I also really liked again, maybe because I'm into children's lit right now. There were several books in the Dear America series. I don't know if mm-hmm. you read those, but Dear America books were like these journal fake journals, like reimagined journals of different figures in history, including like Marie Antoinette. And um, anyway, so those, I think there was one with Anastasia, like all of those books I really did love. There was something about reading. And of course now, like I know they're fictional, but like reading these diary entries by these authors who had kind of imagined what those entries would look like. I really liked that. I kind of liked that first person narrative. I agree. I read a couple of those in elementary school and I always thought they were cool. And I loved those projects as a kid where you had to like make up a journal entry about being a colonial woman or all those things. So I think those are really cool. I would definitely reread one of those as an adult just to see like if I still enjoyed the genre. Any other royal books make your list or royal adjacent books? Um, I do have some that I guess would be considered more like backlist options. Okay. A while ago, I read a book called Mrs. Queen Takes the Train. Have you ever heard of this? I have not. This is very exciting for me. I'm literally taking um, notes. (laughs) Yeah, it's by an author. His name is William. 
I'm going to say it's Kuhn, K-U-H-N. Um, but okay. he writes – this was like his first novel as far as I am aware. But he writes other commentary about the royals. Like I think he's written some nonfiction. But it's okay. a really interesting book. It's about Queen Elizabeth is kind of like restless and wants to get out of the palace and kind of go on an adventure because she's getting older and she doesn't ever have the opportunity to just travel alone and travel purely for fun. And so Mm -hmm. she gets on a train and she decides to like have this adventure and just like disappear for a couple of days. And (laughs) the story is about, it's like told from multiple perspectives. So she's on the train Then one of the perspectives is another passenger on the train who kind of figures out who she is, but wants to kind of look after her slash give her some space. So he's kind of just kind of like keeping an eye on her. And then you have some of the people that work in the palace who like realize that she's gone and kind of panic from there. It's really interesting. And it's a sweet book. It's not anything that's super like, you know, critical of the monarchy or anything. It's just kind of a fun like, what if Queen Elizabeth was a normal person and just, like, got on a train and disappeared? That sounds delightful. It's really cute, honestly. It is pretty cute. Um, and then the other one I read that I I own this book somewhere, it's called Gone with the Windsors. And it's by Lori Graham is the author's name. But it's a it's also kind of a diary entry book, um, like Dear America. But it's a fictionalized okay. account of, like, one of Wallace's – Wallace Simpson's friends from school or something and it's like they've written letters back and forth and so it's kind of it's about that drama in the royal family of the abdication and like Wallace Simpson when King Edward or whatever um yes and so it's kind of like a, a take on that story and it's supposed to kind of be a fictionalized account of Wallace and like what she was experiencing and like how she really felt about all of that I read that even longer ago, so I don't really remember all the details, but I remember liking it. It did come up when I was trying to think of like royal books that might be a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. And I, gosh, I love a good pun. Gone with the Windsors. That's amazing. (laughs) Honestly, that's probably why I picked it up. And then I read it and I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. So I love anything like that where you can learn. We've talked about this on the podcast and I've talked about it with customers too, where sometimes fiction just then helps you if you want to go do a deep dive into something kind of real and nonfiction. Mm -hmm. And historical fiction is not always my favorite genre. I think mostly because I associate it with like World War II literature and I can get kind of bogged down in that. But I love kind of these books, like a book like Gone with the Windsors, I think would then make me want to learn more about the actual historical events. Right. Um, And so I love books that kind of send me down a rabbit trail to more research or to more more reading, I guess. Yes, definitely. Okay. So let's talk about what books we would recommend. You've got recommendations for Harry and Meghan. I have Mm -hmm. some for Harry and Meghan, but then I also thought I'd go ahead and tell Kate and Will what to read (laughs) and for good measure, the Queen and Charles. Uh, Why not? not? I feel like they need a good book to read too. So talk to me about what you would recommend for Harry and Meghan during this time of upheaval. Okay. So my pick for Meghan was the book Burnout. I think Meghan needs to learn a little bit about managing the stress cycle. Obviously, she's been under a lot of stress lately. And I think Megan is a pretty well-read person. I know she used to have her blog and she would sometimes post like 
summer reading recommendations or just like books that she thinks everyone should read. So I kind Mm -hmm. of think like, I feel like she's pretty well versed in reading like classic literature, reading, you know, bestsellers in the given time. So I wanted to pick something that was maybe more of on like the helpful side. And I just think Burnout, I think Burnout is a book that every woman should read, but I think particularly for Megan, it would be helpful for her to kind of acknowledge that like she has gone through a pretty traumatic experience and Mm -hmm. we all go through things like that, maybe not in the public eye, but to some extent. And I think it would be helpful for her to kind of understand like the science behind stress and how to handle it and moving into this new phase of her life, making a plan to like handle everything as best she can. That is a great pick. Oh, I can't wait because my Megan pick, I had a really hard time. So I think this is actually the perfect solution for her. What about for Harry? Okay. I don't want you to laugh at this, but (laughs) I thought Harry, hmm, let's think. So I really just wanted him to read a great American novel because now that he's coming to America and he is like getting to experience life on the side of the pond, I just thought... You know, he's also probably really well-read, probably read all the classics. He's probably had enough British literature. Why not try something else? And I threw Lonesome Dove at Harry because I thought, (laughs) what better, like, great American Western tale than Lonesome Dove? Like, it's probably something he hasn't read about in the past unless he's read this book. And I think it would give him some insight into, like, the American spirit and tradition of storytelling. And I just thought, you know... Why not? He's going to have some time on his hands, so he can definitely tackle that. I was about to say he can tackle that tome. Okay, these are really great recommendations. I'm going to tell you what mine were for Harry and Meghan. Okay, so for Harry, I you're absolutely right. I think he probably has read a lot of historical British literature or classic British literature. So I wanted to send him some contemporary fiction Mm -hmm. and also remind him like, yes, do your own thing. That is totally fine. You and your wife need to make your own way. However, don't forget where you came from Mm -hmm. and don't forget that family is important. So I wanted to send him, this is where I leave you which the title is not lost on me. I almost um, did that, Annie. I did. did yes, I love that book. I think that book is so good. It's better than the movie. Yes. And I I wanted, I guess, to me, one of the saddest parts about all of this is this kind of rift between the two brothers. Of course, this is us all speculating. We all obviously don't know what's going on. But I think the rift between the brothers, if it is true, and I believe that it probably is based in some truth, is really sad. And so I was thinking, gosh, what if he read a book that was about a family coming back together in a time of grief? and kind of saw that other people's families are also dysfunctional and also messy, um, but we choose to kind of stick it out you know, when we can, as best we can. And so This Is Where I Leave You is the book I think Harry should read. That's an excellent pick. I almost put that down because I was thinking something similar about like family dysfunction. So yes. I love that idea. Okay. So I have another thought for Megan. Let me jump to – I actually wondered if um, Megan and Queen Elizabeth should do like a mini book club situation. (laughs) A buddy read. (laughs) Yeah, a buddy read because it feels like that might just help put them back on the right track. Um, I actually think the Queen loves Megan, but I also think the Queen is of a different generation and a different culture than Megan. And I think that really has shown over the past few months. So I – 
I'm going to be uh, the one I recommended for the queen was going to be A Place for Us by oh, Fatima Farm. Did you read that? I didn't, but it's also on my list. And I yeah. everyone I know that's read it loves it. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it is um, kind of a slower paced uh, build, but it's mm-hmm. all about this Muslim Indian American family. And so there's lots of things about uh, immigration and cultural identity and mm-hmm. a younger generation versus an older generation. So I thought the queen, I, I think those themes would not be lost on her, yeah. but it would be tackling maybe different cultural identities than the ones she, maybe she and Megan are struggling with. Yeah. Um, so I thought she and Megan could read that side by side. I also wondered if maybe Megan should read Southern Lady Code by, <laughs> by Helen Ellis. And the reason is like so many Southern women I know have to put up with negative in-law relationships or yeah. kind of being the good hostess or putting on a happy face. I think burnout would give her the practical information she needs to get past this. And then Southern Lady Code might help her realize that she is not alone and if she can tackle things with a sense of humor, she's going to be okay. (laughs) I think that's wonderful. Yes. So yeah, so that was my recommendation. I struggled with a Megan pick. I really think burnout is probably the best uh, option. Then for Charles, I really, again, kind of wanted, I feel like he is a very hands-off parent. I could be Mm -hmm. wrong about that. Uh, But it feels like he's very British, like whatever kids do your own thing, which okay, but also there's a legacy here to uphold. (laughs) And so I want him to read All This Could Be Yours by Jamie Attenberg. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, this is very much a Southern story, but it's about a terrible patriarch, almost like HBO's succession, like this terrible patriarch, and he – is on his deathbed and his his children and uh, wife have to kind of grapple with the after effects of it. And I just think Charles also strikes me as somebody who's probably pretty well-read, but well-read in a specific genre. I don't know that like books about the South written by women are books that he typically has on his shelf. <laughs> uh, so I thought he might, I don't know, maybe learn a little bit about legacy and uh, what comes for the next generation from this from this book? And yeah. it's not a tome. Like I think he could fly through it, uh, and also, like you said, maybe get a glimpse at kind of the spirit of America. Mm-hmm. Will very much in a similar vein. You and I went the same direction for Harry and Will. I did popular fiction for Harry, and then for Will, I did classic American lit. I chose mm-hmm. East of Eden. Um, for Will, because I do think, and again, perhaps this is me as an oldest sibling sibling projecting, but I think Will has a responsibility to like smooth things over and kind of fix the mess that has been made. And we won't say who's made it because who knows, but like <laughs> there's obviously a broken relationship here. And East of Eden is a great portrayal of like what happens when brother brothers go awry. Also, it takes place kind of in the American West, so maybe Will could read it, and then he and Kate could pay a visit to Harry and Meghan on the West Coast of America. And I don't know. I just envision this could really bring these two guys together. Maybe they also could do a buddy read. I'm envisioning like a brotherly book club situation. So East of Eden for Will. And then last but not least, for probably, you said at the top of the show, like favorite everybody's got their favorite family member. And I do think Kate is mine. And so for Kate, I wanted her to read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Oh, okay. I just want Kate 
Kate has done such a good job of doing what is required of her and always doing it well. Agreed. But I also wouldn't be mad about seeing Kate almost embrace some of that Megan side mm-hmm. where she's not afraid to maybe be a little bit more outspoken or stand up for herself. I don't know. I just feel like she does such a good job, but I imagine it's a pressure cooker up in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking Untamed might help kind of release some of that for her. I think that makes total sense. Yeah. I love so, that. Those are my recommendations for the royal family. I think books go a long way in solving a lot of problems. And so maybe this would also – these books might also help the royals <laughs> recover from <laughs> from whatever has been ailing them these last – I don't know, last Ugh. few months. Woof. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Courtney, for sharing your royal expertise with us. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelfteville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading You Never Forget Your First by Alexis Coe, and I am loving it. It's a biography of George Washington. I'm learning so much, but it's also highly entertaining. Courtney, what are you reading? I am reading The Splendid and the Vile by Eric Larson. I am a huge Eric Larson fan. I'm also a huge history nerd. So for me, it is hitting that sweet spot of something familiar in the World War II genre, but something that's kind of taking my mind off of other things that are going on. <laughs> yes, something we That's all, all say. Right <laughs> <laughs> if you liked what you heard on today's episode, you can tell us by leaving a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic. We are currently reading part three of Anna Karenina, and receive free shipping on all your online orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. During these uncertain days, our store is so grateful for you, for listeners, for people who are supporting us from far away. You are keeping us hopeful for the future and we look forward to meeting back here next week. Bye.